Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Buckle up, because it's going to be a long ride. It's going to be a wild ride. No one cares, but we're going to tell you anyways. This is Popcorn Chats. Welcome back to Popcorn Chats with McKay. And KT, what's up, BGs? We're back. <laughs> We're back. We are going to be talking about Euphoria still. If you haven't listened to part one, go listen to that first. Also, just be <laughs> sure to proceed with caution because this episode of Popcorn Chats contains spoilers. Um, like if you haven't watched... Will. Yeah, if you haven't watched Euphoria yet, be sure to go watch it maybe before you listen to this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if you don't want to watch the show because it's a little too much for you, we understand that. And if you want to just listen to the pod, we don't care. That's fine. Enjoy um, it. We hope you enjoy this podcast. We're going to be discussing the rest of what we want to talk about with Euphoria. Yeah. We're going to be focusing a lot on the finale episode mm-hmm. and season two because it is renewed for a second season. Don't, yeah. there has been nothing out yet as of when we're filming this of when season two is coming, but we didn't really get into the Nate Jacobs of it all. And there's a lot to Do you want to talk about that or do you want to talk about something else? No, let's go ahead and talk about Because Nate and Cal, I feel like that is a really important... That's some heavy stuff. (laughs) And also, I just want to say, too, like, we are not therapists. We are not mental health specialists by any means. Um, Clearly, these characters are struggling with something very deep. Mm -hmm. Nate and Cal both. Well, all of them, but Nate and Cal. All of the characters, yeah, but Nate and Cal... It's a very complex situation, mm-hmm. um, so we're going to be choosing our words delicately, of course, yes. but also, you know, don't take our words as, like, the absolute truth. We're really just having a discussion, which, what, like we've said before, we think that's the point of the show. So I have said before, and we've talked about this, that I think Nate is the scariest antagonist on TV, even in movies. What do you think about him? Your overall thoughts. Yeah. I He is a very unsettling. Yeah. It's a very unsettling character. Um, I think you're right to say that he's like probably one of the most scary characters in the media right now. Mm-hmm. Simply because he's everywhere. Like, I think I know definitely a Nate Jacobs. I know a Nate Jacobs. You listening probably know a Nate Jacobs. Like, everyone yeah. knows a Nate Jacobs. And we're not talking about, like, the the underlying, like, um, his struggle with his possible sexuality. Yeah. Like, we're not necessarily talking about that. We're talking about the hotshot in school who gets kind of whatever they want on the surface level with a wave of their hand, so to speak. And White, privileged middle class upper middle class for Nate specifically Mm -hmm. and the product of like intense intense toxic masculinity yeah so let's break that down we talked a little bit about in the last episode that toxic masculinity works in a lot of different ways in the show and it kind Mm -hmm. of manifests itself in two different forms Mm -hmm. 
sort of like uh, probably more than two but the two main forms that it takes is McKay and the mm-hmm. pressure that his father puts on him to do well in sports and then that's like a more toned down uh, like general version of toxic masculinity whereas with Nate's character it f- in from my perspective it's the more extreme end of what what can happen with imposing these like um, this way of thinking on boys. I agree. Mm-hmm. I don't know. When did you realize that he was not just the like high school jock we've seen in literally every other show? Oh, I don't know. Cause I mean, even from the first episode when he like runs Jules off the road, basically, yeah. I'm like. Who are you? Yeah. But again, that's not necessarily like so out of left field for just like a typical jock. Right. I would say it's probably in the second episode when he breaks into Tyler's house right. and like literally almost beats him to death and then showers in his shower and puts mm. on his own cl- and puts on Tyler's clothes and then goes over to Maddie's house mm-hmm. and like brings her flowers. That's that was just unsettling kind of going back to that word unsettling yeah that he could do that with such ease yeah that that scene is so intense where he like pummels this this kid to a pulp and that that actor lucas gage he i heard in an interview with him that he's actually been assaulted before he's Mm -hmm. been mugged um so i think that i just wanted to mention that briefly because that just says a lot about his performance and how he was able to take he said he was able to take pieces from that experience in his life that he had and apply it to his performance which I just think like holy crap that's hats really off to you and then it also says a whole lot about um, Jacob Elordi capable yeah. of making somebody feel comfortable Yeah, and he- in a scene like that I think part of it too that would be so scary is to me Jacob Lordy is not like obscenely tall because I'm six feet and three-fourths of my family is above six feet tall but Jacob Lordy is six four so for like Mm. the average person he's huge and he's very like dominating when he's in a scene yeah but he does it in kind of like a quiet way Mm -hmm. that it's not like he's always trying to intimidate someone it's more he like picks his moments right you know? i don't yeah. know yeah he he's like a predator for sure oh a hundred percent like he knows his prey so well and he knows like how to deconstruct people and make them vulnerable yeah like when uh him and jules meet mm-hmm. at the park for that first time when she thinks that it's going to be tyler quote not actually tyler that was just beat up but her internet boyfriend the guy, yeah so cal's character there is a part in the show where Cal is talking to um, one of the the men, the boys that he links up with. Um, in episode five. In episode Maddie's five. episode. The, like, random hookup in the hotel room. Yep, yeah. yeah, it's just, like, a similar situation that he had with Jules with somebody mm-hmm. else. And he's t- telling them that he sees this anger that he's always had inside himself manifesting in his sons like 
he kind of alludes to the idea that he has passed down mm-hmm. his anger. And it kind of, like, with the way that moment is cut and edited and, like, for me, it felt like it was touching on, like, did Cal pass down his homosexuality to his son? Which, like, obviously, no. Like, that's just an insane notion. But I think... I think he passed on his shame around it yeah and his anger yeah and then because nate found his dad's sex tapes when he was really young mm-hmm. so would it be appropriate to say that his sexuality was like you know informed by that not saying that he's gay because he watched his dad have like i don't know but like would that have developed him in a certain I don't know. I don't want to be, like, offensive or or make this seem like because you watch something gay, then you're going to be gay. Obviously, I don't think that that's yeah. true. But I don't know what the show is trying to say. I, I think that maybe it's shaped, like, his introduction to sex, maybe? Because if... In the... In episode two, that's when you see, like, Nate is a child finding his yeah, dad's stash. Yeah, that's so scary. That, I don't know, maybe in the episode he's maybe, like, seven or eight years old when he found yeah. it, just judging by how old the actor looked. That if that's kind of your first introduction to sex, not only are you seeing your dad, which is just gotta, like, <laughs> mess you up, but yeah. then you're also seeing your dad with someone that's not your mom, mm-hmm. and then it's all either gay men, gay men or trans women. Mm-hmm. That then, if that's, like, how you see it, but then you know that your dad keeps it under, like, lock and key, maybe he was already starting to think, like, this is shameful, like, my dad has to hide this, and he had, like, that right. code that he was, like, seen writing down. Yeah. That if he's going to such lengths to hide this part of himself then as Nate got older maybe when he if when he started feeling whatever feelings he had it's never confirmed in the show Nate's sexuality that's kind of like a no. big question about it like is he gay is he bi is he as Maddie says multiple times sexuality is a spectrum Nate yeah <laughs> she repeats that line over and over again which is true that for some you know, people yeah yeah, you know, for some, yeah, not all people, again, not trying to, like, Yeah, we're, re- we're really stuff. trying to choose our words carefully. This show is so heavy with these huge topics, and yeah. we're really not trying to be, like, offensive. Michaela and I are both cis women, mm-hmm. um, so it's, you know, we, we don't have the experiences of some of these characters, mm-hmm. so we really don't want to offend anybody, and we're 100% open to, like, criticism on this conversation, and we want to learn... If we're saying things yeah. that aren't, you know, vibing with you, let us know, please, yeah. please. So, yeah, I I don't think that it's, like, obviously that Cal passed his sexuality down to his son. I think right. he passed the shame and the anger that 100%. Cal has with himself yeah. on Tonight. Yeah. I think that's when Cal is having that conversation with that, like, random hookup. I don't know what his name was. Yeah. Or their, I, their name. Because I don't know. It's they not were in drag or they were in, like... Yeah. So, again, one of Cal's hookups. He's having, like, this moment of self-awareness, which is rare. Like, yeah. I don't think... We haven't seen a lot of Cal, but we didn't. Yeah. We definitely haven't seen him think about what he's done to his son, except for in this moment. Yeah. That it's... 
it's fascinating to hear you know him what's talk so crazy too he he says a couple times like i'm jealous of your generation or like your to generation Jules, yeah. is so brave and you're able to you know express yourself and do whatever you want and it's like clearly no we're not because mm-hmm. nate is struggling so so badly and he is taking like these violent actions out on other people because mm-hmm. he's struggling so much with accepting himself mm-hmm. at least that's what you know the show is kind of portraying yeah um so i just thought that was really interesting i think the older generation like our parents generation has a tendency to be like you guys have it so easy and tends to like associate the quickness of everything Mm -hmm. um that like social media allows it they associate that with everything being easier and it's like we have easier access to things than they do but that doesn't make an experience easier yeah and the world is changing for sure oh i'd like to say for the better in most cases i would hope so that we're obviously becoming more accepting of people but also like we still have a really long way to go Mm -hmm. and i think for people to to say like you know um like marriage is equality is a thing and so now everything's good and we don't have to worry about it anymore like there was just a shooting in a gay nightclub a couple years ago and Mm -hmm. that's still very like that the hatred and um fear is still like very present and we see that through yeah nate 100 percent, yeah like rue never comes out to anybody rue never has to like explain her sexuality to anybody Mm -hmm. she never has to be like you know Nobody has to be like, oh, is that for your boyfriend? And she says, no, it's for my girlfriend or anything like and that. And her mom never at- blinks right. twice when it she says that she's dating Jules. It is never discussed. Yeah. Ever, ever. And then with Nate, it's like the other end where mm-hmm. like people still struggle. So it's like it's not making any definitive claims about um, literally anything, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And I like how they show both extreme ends. 100%. Yeah. Because, again in a show like this when they're trying to make sure that people can see themselves in the story not everyone is going to identify if you have to if you have to come out to your parents not everyone is going to identify with Rue's journey of her just saying yeah I'm dating Jules and her mom's like cool does she want to come over to dinner right some people have the or I would say probably most people have an experience more like Nate's dealing with right. animosity from his yeah. parents Again, I like more on his mom. We really don't see, like, anything of his mom, except for the fact that she hates Maddie. (laughs) Yeah. But we don't really get much that I would like to know. How do you not know what your husband is up to all of the time? Also, I'd like more from Nate's brother. What's he like? Because we only see him at the carnival in episode four, and he Mm -hmm. barely talks. He just says that Jules is jailbait. Like, he barely says anything. And he says... Cal says that he passed it on to both his sons. This yeah. is like anger and frustration. So I'd like to know what he's like. Yeah, what's going on there? Again, that's another. Are they twins or a couple years apart? I would assume apart because he doesn't seem to be in school, or like I would think he would be on the football team. Okay. If they were twins, because Cal is right big on his football. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
And I don't feel like we see any of this as much in McKay because I feel like that's not the story that they're trying to tell with McKay. No. Honestly, I don't know where they're trying to go with McKay at this point. He wasn't even in the last episode. We don't see him and Cassie break up. Yeah. Then I'm like, are, I don't know where they're going with him, but this is not as much his story as it is Nate's. Yeah, and I think with the storyline with him and Cassie, it's more about Cassie at this point. Yeah, which I really like. I like Cassie's character. I, I like. I all love. The, there's Cassie. really not a character that I like. Even the characters that I hate, like Nate, I love watching. Yeah, they're all really, really good, to, fun, good and fun to watch. Yeah, Lord. Um, one thing I really want in season two, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but is more conversations between Rue and Nate. Because we don't yeah. see them actually speak throughout the entire season, except in the very last episode. They have, like, that two-minute conversation. Yeah. But just, like, their dynamic is really interesting. And they're two characters yeah. that are so connected through everyone else, but mm-hmm. yet you don't see them interact. That yeah. I'm really, like, I'm just looking forward to Nate a lot to see where he yeah. goes because <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> It's interesting, like, Rue's relationship with all the other characters because she is narrating Mm -hmm. everyone's lives, but she doesn't have a whole lot of interaction with anybody outside of Jules, really. Yeah. Fez. Um, Jules, Fez, and Lexi, but even Lexi wasn't a huge part. But yeah, Rue and Cassie don't really interact. Rue and Maddie don't really interact. Yeah. Rue and Nate. Rue and McKay. I don't think Rue and McKay actually talk the entire entire no. show yeah. I, th- I don't even know if they're in any scenes together honestly no yeah I don't know like I just for me I she is not an omniscient narrator right she doesn't know like during her narrations she narrates what she knows from being told by other people and then we're shown what's happening and she gives her like opinion because she doesn't know everything about it's not like she is in the room with us watching these characters at least that's not what we're meant to think no but also I don't know how much of like let's say Cassie for example how much of like her backstory would ruin I mean maybe through Lexi maybe more actually I don't know that's an interesting question I don't know I've so I've read the original pilot for this show. It's online if you are like really into television yeah. and want to get into screenwriting. I definitely recommend like going and looking um online at like your favorite shows pilots for pretty much every show is out there. I found Euphoria is on script slug. It's a uh, I was going to say, I used to read movie scripts. Yeah, like it's The Spectacular it's Now and Silver Linings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a really good uh, resource if you're into the nitty-gritty of stuff. But I think originally, her narration in the first episode was found out to be her in a police interview. Huh, so how would that have played out then? I think it would have been leading up to the Nate and Maddie thing. That's my assumption. That's just like an interesting little behind the scenes info. But I've read that script and at the end, the police are like frustrated with her because she's gone on so many tangents and inserted her, you know, quirky little opinions about everything. And then it, and then at the end, it's like revealed that she's talking in like a police interrogation room. 
That's really interesting. So if that's the point that of telling, changed, like, then the she thing. wouldn't be an omniscient narrator who knows everything no. about all these characters' lives. She just knows what she knows from the school gossip Rumors. and stuff that Lexi and Jules have told her. Because she gets information about Cap from Jules. She gets information about Cassie from Lexi. That reminds me in episode five, Maddie's episode, when she's in the principal's office yeah. after they discover that she has choking marks from Nate yeah. assaulting her. And they have that montage of students like talking to the principal and they're like, I don't want to talk unless we got a lawyer. That one, yeah. one, that one friend. That Dude, where's her story? Yeah, where's hers? I don't even know her name. The Maddie and Kat's friend yeah. who's just there. And when they're all like spilling their guts to this principal and the principal's just like, what? And they're saying things like, oh yeah, because Nate's gay. And the principal is like, Nate Jacobs is gay. And she's like, that's what I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> that it's common knowledge. So maybe she isn't all known. Maybe it is just what she's heard. But also she's been in rehab. So like how much has she right. missed? I don't know. That's a really thought. interesting thing. I'm interested if anybody's listening and wants to comment their perspective on that. Yeah. I would like to know because... That's something I'd like to hear Sam Levinson speak on. Yeah, and that would be a really, like, tricky thing to navigate around mm-hmm. writing and, like, showing the sh- yeah. like, presenting information in this show. Yeah. And what can Rue tell the audience and what do does the audience have to see for themselves? Yeah. Because, you know, and that would give cause to why we're seeing all these, like, sex scenes and Kat being a cam girl, like, because Rue doesn't know about that. No, so no we one have knows to about see Kat it. We have to be in the room with Kat. I just want to know because the show is all about, I mean, it's all about these individual characters, but it's really about how they interact with each other and their relationships with each other. Right. So I just want to know not who you think is the most healthy relationship or anything like that. It can literally yeah, be yeah. the most unhealthy because pretty much all of them are. But what is your favorite relationship on the show? Or you're not talking about like romantic, right? Just it can like, be any sort okay. of relationships, like mother, daughter, sister, friend. R- romantic I mean if it's romantic that's probably oh no because I guess Rue and Jules are but they're also friendship. whatever right R- relationship in general I really do I'm rooting for Rue and Jules honestly I want to see them work out I want to see them uh develop into like a healthy romantic relationship mm-hmm. um but I want Jules to like be wholeheartedly into it mm-hmm. and I want Rue to be um, in a good place with herself and honestly I don't see that happening this next season because they need a lot of time like that yeah. that it's the point that everybody <laughs> wants to see them at is going to take a lot of time and if the creators of the show rush it and do something like I just can't see them doing that so I'm kind of like just along for the ride yeah. with rules, honestly. Especially with Rue relapsing in the last episode. Like, yeah. that's already going to oh take its own journey. Oh, my God. But then to add, trying to rekindle that relationship yeah. with Jules is a lot to do. Yeah. So I would assume it would probably be around the same episode length, probably, like, eight episodes again. Right. Yeah, another relationship I'm excited and hopeful that they go more into in season two is Rue and her sister, Gia. That was one of mine. Oh, sorry. No, 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 because I totally agree. Yeah, I just, like, I want to know more about the effect of literally walking in on your sister overdosing Yeah. Um, on Gia. I would like an episode on Gia. 
Yeah. Um, I want more of her, too. Yeah. And just, you know, she's kind of, like, just starting to get into the whole smoking weed and talking to boys scene. And, like, what is it like knowing that your sister has, like, really struggled with, um, like, drug abuse? Obviously not weed. Yeah. um, I don't know. I'm really intrigued by that. And I do love their, their chemistry off screen. They're Zendaya. so cute when they post on social media about each other. Yeah. It's adorable. And I love watching them in the episodes. Agreed. And I, there wasn't a whole lot of interaction between them. I just love how Rue is so protective of her at the carnival yeah. and how her and Jules are like running around looking for Gia. And, it's and at the like Halloween party when she threatens McKay's, w- one of yeah. his younger brothers, the, one of the twins, and her and Lexi go in and like intimidate him and she's like, I will call Omar, I will call yeah. <laughs> like, all these people. You see more of Rue's like sensitive. I mean, she's always sent. I think that might actually be a problem of hers that she's overly sensitive with right. other people. Yeah. But you really see her, like, be considerate of Gia more now. What about you? Rue and Gia is one of mine as well, even though it's, like, a smaller one on the show. And then also kind of a bit of a smaller one is Rue and Fez. I love their dynamic because Fez, from the outside, you could think he's just, like, kind of one note. He's just, like, the drug dealer. Right. But in the first episode, when Rue gets back and she goes to buy drugs from him in Ashtray... And he's like, weren't you just in rehab? And she was like, That's, you think I stayed clean? He's like, isn't that the point? And then when she says, she's like, once I gave my life over to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and things have been really great. And he's like, right on. Yeah. Like, he's just supportive. If that was her actual jam, he's like, you know what? That's good for you. Like, he truly just wants he's a pure what's soul. best for her. And you can tell how he genuinely cares about her when he refuses to sell her drugs in episode three. And she's, like, banging on his door. Yeah. And she is yelling, like, I hate you. You ruined my life. Yeah. You, like, just yelling all these horrible things at him. And he's standing on the other side of the door. And you can just see his pain. But he's, like, this is what's good for her. And all of their conversations that they have, a lot of them happen at parties when they're just, like, sitting on the couch chilling. And... Even when she takes those drugs and she's like, oh, Fez will spot me. And then he's like, you owe me 120. And she's like, oh, sorry, dude. Like, I got you. And he's like, no worries. He truly just, like, cares about her. The fentanyl thing with Mouse. Yeah. He was, like, willing to pay him $600 to just, like, leave her alone. I don't know. I just, I need more on Fez. I want a a Fez backstory. And I just love their dynamic. Because out of all of her friends... In the show, he is the best one for He's her. Jules truest, is not the best yeah. one for her. But it's so Fez interesting is. because, like, is he the best one for her, though? Actually, Because, like, know. her being around him. Yeah. That, like, as long as he's a drug dealer and he has to be a drug dealer because, like, That's that thing with his grandma. Is yeah. that his grandma, like, hooked up? The show does such a good job of just giving us those little moments mm-hmm. where they're not, like, going into this huge, long backstory of, like, Fez's grandma. Like... They literally just give us that little shot yeah. of her through the doorway. Like, we don't even get her face, nothing. But we're like, oh, shit. Fez is doing this for, like, a bigger reason. Yeah. And his brother, I assume, Ashtray is. I think they're siblings. They're it's like, never confirmed, but I believe so. He he says, he makes a comment about, like, paying off the mortgage or something. Oh, I just want to pay my mortgage. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it's just <laughs> yeah. like... Uh, the show that's what's so genius another thing that like I find so genius about the show is like 
they give us little bits of information um, that tell like such a large story about each of these characters. They give us enough to explain. Yeah. But and not enough to keep us like guessing right. and being able and to kind know of fill more. in. Yeah. Oh, so good. This sh- this show. Was but just it's so funny too thing. because then like Rue will go into this whole tangent about something like sort of important-ish but not super I don't know yeah. she has a lot of like cutaways and riffs and mm-hmm. stuff and it's like all the we are kind of bombarded with information and yeah. it's a lot of like sorting through what's important and what's and what's not what's so not. Uh, it's just a, the story is so well told mm-hmm. so let's transition into Katie and I have the finale there is so much that happens in this episode literally that so we much. have a lot to talk about in that and kind of leading into season two, yeah. what we want to see, which I am so excited for season two, but also it's kind of like Big Little Lies, where Big Little yeah. Lies season one was just like perfect television. Yeah. That I, I don't know, like I'm satisfied. Honestly, after I first watched the finale when it aired and it ended how it did, I was like, I have so many questions. Like I still have a lot, but also if there was no season two, I would be fine. Like, yeah. I feel satisfied because it's just so well done that yeah. I hope that I have very high expectations for season two. Yeah, they really did achieve something that not a whole lot of shows do with their first season is they tell a story that's not complete, but it's a really good story. Mm-hmm. And like, what? Oh, I'm going to get like, so st- I'm going to sound stupid and people are going to be like, oh my God. But there's no complete story like especially when you're in high school Mm -hmm. like everybody kind of thinks like from watching tv shows that take place in high school like they all kind of just end like with this graduation ceremony and every storyline is tied up in every loose end but it's like high school just it just ends and like things are left unsaid and questions are left unanswered and you move on and like I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, it doesn't have to tie up the loose ends because it's already told such a good story. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I do have so many questions and yes. I want to know what is going on with a lot of these characters, all the characters. Okay. So let's run down where everyone leaves off. Let's do that. Episode eight. So Jules takes the train into the city. We don't see her. Good. Where is Jules at? Yeah. Rue relapses oh my god cat and ethan make up but she is still camming and she's camming with someone anonymously who like she can't see their face or anything and like has a voice changer yeah so i'm like who's that that's gonna be an issue nate and maddie were broken up but they end dancing together so it's like are they going to work things out cassie and mckay are broken up and cassie has had an abortion and Lexi is just doing what Lexi does. Being like, oh, uh, yeah, Lexi doesn't really do much. And then Fez ends up at his house with the money that he stole from Mouse's supplier, right. but it has blood on it, and Mouse and, like, Mouse's counterpart see that and look at each other. But Maddie got the got Cal's oh, DVD. Yeah, Maddie saw and one of Cal's tapes. See what one it is, but I think we can assume that it's him and Jules, right? Is it though? Because that's what I was assuming. But then I was listening to another podcast, the Triple M yeah. podcast that covers Euphoria, and I 
I think it was them who was saying like is that did Nate have a tape that he started making like it seems kind of odd that Nate would have one sitting out just on his dresser so did he want Maddie to find it is that like stuff from Jules maybe is that a bunch of Jules' stuff on Mm -hmm. there I don't know because I kind of just assumed it was Jules and Cal and also we don't know what order that happened in because then Maddie and Jules are at the dance and they're like chatting right like but if you would have seen one yeah, of your classmates then you br- then you hooking up, up with your ex-boyfriend's dad, you would yeah. be acting a little weird. Oh, my God. So the timeline is different. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of unanswerable, of unanswered questions. Yeah, and there's so much going off in Rue's life alone. Yeah. Like, her and Jules and her having the anxiety attack and... Um, Jules leaving without her. Yeah. Her mom and this new guy that she's not a huge fan of. Oh my um, god. That scene was so funny when she comes out and her mom is like, say hi to whatever his name is. My new internet boyfriend. Yeah. And he's sitting at the table and he's like, how are you doing, champ? What's up? Like, I heard you're like in school or something. And she's like, you know, I think Ray. Maybe yeah. Ray's name. And she's like, you know what, Ray? Go fuck yourself. Just yeah. like straight face yeah. to him. But yeah, so there's like some real stuff going on. I want to ask you something that I, which I'm like, does this make me, like, what does this say about me that I never quite put the weight behind it, I guess? Okay. That in the final episode when Rue is walking back from the train station before she takes the drugs and has her whole dance sequence, that montage that we get of her life kind of with her dad dying and her fighting yeah. with her mom and stuff. The one, I think it was the Triple M podcast who was talking about this too, that they were like, I was on board with the mom the entire time I watched this the first time, but she's like, I wish I would have known that this mom is abusive. And when they first said that, I was like, what is she? So then when I was rewatching the episode this morning, you see her pushing Rue mm-hmm. and slapping Rue in this. You're right. Yeah. And I'm like, why did that never hit me before is that because i've seen so much other crazy stuff on this show that i'm like desensitized or what but i never thought about that because this entire last episode when the mom is narrating this letter to rue about what her addiction has done to their family that changes everything yeah i was like this is horrible like i this mom has just been trying to do her best she lost her husband her daughter overdosed yeah but now i was thinking back on it and i'm like Oh, we don't see it though. Like, which obviously, like, if you're abused one time, you've been abused. But mm-hmm. like, we don't see it, so I don't know if the show wants us to. We don't see it any. Like, we see her just being a loving mom for the yeah. most part throughout the show. I mean, yeah, they get in fights, but it's always because she d- wants to keep Rue from falling back into the same right. habit. For me, it didn't register for me either that okay. that Rue might be being abused or that she was being abused like um yeah just an interesting that is interesting yeah i don't know i'm always wondering like what does the show want us to know um yeah so i i don't know especially because when we were talking earlier before we were recording this we were kind of talking about what we wanted to go over and we had mentioned the parents and we're like wow they have such a small role in the show besides cal we see cal the most but they all play such a big role. And, uh-huh. and for the most part, I feel like they're all pretty decent parents besides yeah. Cal. 
But now I'm like, does that make me re-question Leslie? And the backstory of every character includes, includes their, parents. their parents. Even Cass does yeah. for a little bit. And her mom is really sweet in the finale when Cat asks, like, do I look stupid in this? Yeah. She's like, not in the slightest. I'm like, that... Yeah. Like, your mom, like, her mom is just such a cheerleader for her. Let's talk about the dance sequence. First, I want to know, in case you have not watched, the final episode ends with Rue taking, snorting some sort of drugs and then falling back on her bed and then like hallucinating a whole dance number. And that's basically, right. that's literally how the episode ends is with this song. What yeah. was your initial thought watching this? My initial thought, honestly, I might've seen it coming because I think I might've seen a Twitter mm. thing about it. So I did not know that it was going to end. After with that, that yeah. I didn't know that there w- we weren't going to get anything else after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that moment when she falls back and it goes <sighs> black, I till then, boom! Oh my god, literally, full body chills. Yeah. But then I was like, wait, what just happened? And it's like, is she dead? Is she? Um, yeah, just so many questions. Which still, we don't know. Is she dead? I would sure hope not, but could yeah, she be? Yeah, both of us are like, I can't wait to see Rue's relationship with this person next season. <laughs> First Psych. shot is her <laughs> We'd be sad. Yeah, but um, anyways, yeah, I just, for me, I think just on a general level, it's a great use of her talent. I think she's Agreed. such a good singer, and her and Labyrinth um, do such a good job of she's collaborating together. Too great dancer i just think it's so cool that you know we talked about in the first part that like drug trips and um the experiences of these characters especially when they're under the influence is hugely portrayed with music and music video type visuals so to end the show that way just kind of feels right Mm mm-hmm because she is relapsing. What did what would what did you think? Because you probably had a more authentic reaction because you didn't really have a hint that that was going to happen, right? No, because I was watching it live when right. it ended. Oh my god! So my first thing was hop on Twitter and see what everyone else is saying. But initially, I was so disappointed. I was like, "What is this? I have zero answers whatsoever." I was, yeah. I liked the whole dance number. I just didn't want it to end on that. I wanted more past the dance yeah. number. So it wasn't that in general. Okay. I loved it. It was that it ended right on that. Yeah. But once Probably I got too. like it, once like a couple hours later, and like I had slept on it and stuff, then I was like, "That was epic," and that's yeah. just how. The entire show feels like a music video, which I think partially has to do with Drake being an executive producer 100%. on it. 100%. That, and the music plays such a big role that it's very fitting. Like you said, it's perfect for Zendaya. It features all of her talents, basically. Yeah. That I... Her range, bro. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Although I am still so uncomfy on that shot when she, like, rises up from the bed, but it looks like she's, like, the... She's possessed. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like just that side shot. It's just creepy. But besides uh, that, her also like if you're like not if you're uncomfortable watching the show because of like your if you have like trauma or you just don't it's not for you like a scene that you could watch without probably like feeling problem upset would be the dance scene because it is just like a really cool it's 
just a music video basically yeah, yeah so i'm sure that's yeah on YouTube when that somewhere. choir comes out and the marching yes. band and they're like flipping her back and forth it's just and she's just like a rag <sighs> doll being like yeah and she doesn't even care and she's just like whatever yeah. wherever i go it doesn't matter and that's like yeah i mean i haven't experimented experimented with too many drugs but like when you're under the influence it's just like it's a different state of mind yeah that's kind of hard to articulate with words but that's like why they can the music do it with dance and yeah. the dancing and the the movements and the camera shots and the visual effects it's all just like it captures that feeling yeah so well also i just remembered this that in that dance number when she's like making her way through the kitchen and she like hugs her mom and goes over and like hugs gia and then her dad pulls her and like gives her a spin then kisses her on her forehead yeah like pulls away that moment because we don't get the dad really at all we barely see him because he's dead at this yeah like throughout the whole series yeah we only see him in flashbacks but that moment when he just like kisses her forehead and she like kind of falls back away from him is just so stunning and you can just like feel the love that he has for her and that he's probably watching him being like i just want my daughter to be okay and she's not yeah that moment and when you find out that her sweatshirt that she's been wearing the entire series is his oh the show like again little details man yeah just incredible get ya i was gonna say too like the my theory about why the dan- they end with the dance scene is like when you really think about it or at least when i really think about it there is no other way they could have ended the show that's obviously they can't tie up all the loose ends mm-hmm. i think prob they were hoping that they were gonna get a second season yeah and at some point you just kind of got to be like hopefully we get it if we don't you know we need at to least make sure we, that it's ended well then. we did a good job yeah there was what like four minutes left of the show yeah that's when why the I was, dance like, started me at my tv yeah <laughs> so it's like obviously you can't tie up all these loose ends rue is having so many things happening in her life yeah and she just doesn't want to focus on that obviously yeah. and that leads her to relapse and i think sam levinson wanted the audience to be in that relapse with rue mm-hmm. And to do that, it would mean turning the audience's attention completely away mm-hmm. from the Nate stuff, the Maddie stuff, the Cassie stuff. Fez stuff. Fez, where jewels go. Yeah. How are you going to turn the audience's head away from all that? That's so true. Yeah. You got to make Zendaya break out into song. <laughs> There's no other way you can do that. You got to bring out a marching band. <laughs> exactly. Like, th- it's just, for me, when I think about it that way makes perfect sense and then we're distracted and literally on this trip of not thinking about that stuff anymore with rue and then she just falls and it's done and it's It's like oh and you feel the weight of all that like it's temporary like yeah this trip is temporary and all this stuff is like left to be dealt with yeah when she comes out of it if she comes out of it i I'm 99% sure she will not be dead. One, yeah. you can't kill <laughs> off your mate. I mean, granted, there are a lot of main characters, but I feel like Sam Levinson has said that he wrote Rue as a reflection of himself. Right. And with his journey. He's been sober for 14 years now. Yeah. He's not going to have her just 
die. 100%. Like, yeah. He, you need to be able to see that character struggling yeah. and coming back and getting clean and being like he is now very yeah. successful. Like he, I'm sure he wants that for Rue just yeah. as much as we all want that. 100%. So I'd say that's a safe to say. I don't think she's dead either. I think that would be a terrible decision to yeah. take Zendaya off the show. But um, ob- from a technical standpoint, I, I'm 100% sure she's not dead, but from a storytelling standpoint, you could see you gotta be like, is she dead? Is she not? It's just like the whole, her falling back and that going black, like that ending, I think is meant to be like, what's going to happen? Is she going to overdose again or, or what? So, uh, we literally cannot sing this show's praises enough. (laughs) We really can't. This, this is literally just us being like obsessed with hell yeah Yeah. euphoria you killed it um one other kind of montage scene that i think we should touch on is this cassie skating scene to the song my body is a cage by arcade fire yeah arcade fire right i think so my body is a cage i have it on my spotify now it's a great song (laughs) uh so cassie is getting an abortion in this episode which second of all i was i mean i wasn't shocked for a show like Euphoria to show that because we've seen so much other stuff but like I don't think we've seen have we seen an abortion on a TV show I I mean you don't see anything it's not graphic no I don't think we've ever been in the room with someone getting an abortion yeah that that's groundbreaking when they were doing this when uh they like you see Cassie's head like on the bed and the nurse gives her a pill and then the one doctor is like okay like this will just be a pinch some people like to listen to music and she puts in headphones and that's when the my body is a cage song starts which i think so well done fitting for the situation that then we go into this whole skating montage but it's just so like groundbreaking that we see that what do you think that means like intercutting between the abortion and the the ice skating so in her episode it had talked about how she used to ice skate when she was little but then when her dad and her mom were together but then when they got divorced and her dad couldn't afford it anymore she had to stop taking ice skating lessons so my interpretation of it is one her mind trying to go elsewhere from the situation that she's in because obviously she's in this room by herself or i mean she has these two doctors in there but she's going through a very like isolating experience and for her ice skating, like, she just is so, like, free and gliding around on yeah. the ice that I think it's where she's taking herself in her mind and she's reverting back to that childhood sense of freedom. Yeah. Because later on in the episode, she said, I think people like high school because it's the last time they get to dream. So I think she's seen her, like, fleeting youth yeah. and understands that when you grow up, you don't have that freedom to do that anymore. Yeah. That, I don't know. That was kind of my interpretation. I just think it's such a cool scene. And that's shot it so interestingly. And the lighting is really cool. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, What did you think about it? I, I think it's interesting because Cassie's character is, uh, like, really layered. Mm-hmm. But as far as what she wants before, the, um, before she gets pregnant... It's not a whole lot outside of a boy to love her. That's true. And I think a lot of that comes from her mom kind of being like, ooh, she's with McKay now. And, like, just this environment that she was raised in. So it's interesting to me that in that moment she's thinking about her ice skating. 
which is like such an individual experience that she had and like mm. something that she got joy out of before boys. Yeah. Like so for me it just really intrigued me about where Cassie's character is going to go. Yeah. I would like to see um the uh, female characters who are like deriving their worth from the attention and like approval of the male characters I don't obviously I don't want to see anything unrealistic or unauthentic and so Mm -hmm. much of the show that I appreciated is the way that these girls are portrayed but yeah I don't know I'm just excited to see what what Sam Levinson does with Cassie yeah also that makes me wonder then about McKay's future on the show because if him and Cassie are not together and he's in college what is bringing him his friendship with Nate they aren't even like that good of friends right like well I have a prediction about that oh okay let's hear it let's move into our predictions okay so this these are our predictions of what we think is going to happen to the characters in season Season two. two so this might be really out there but it is really weird that McKay just stopped being in the show. Yeah. For the last, what did you say, two episodes? He's in the sixth ep- or in the seventh episode, but only very briefly. We only, s- I believe, we only see him having a conversation with Cassie where she tells him that he's pregnant, or <laughs> yeah, she <is laughs> tells pregnant. him that she's pregnant, and he suggests an abortion. Right. I think that's the only time that we see him, and we don't ever see them break up. And then he's not in the finale at all. Right. So what if? He is the guy that Kat is talking to. Hmm. <laughs> I know it's like a weird prediction, but like it it seems no, it's like more. intentional that they left him out of the finale. Oh. And I That's think that having it be Ethan would be crazy, but also kind of like, yeah. I don't think it's Ethan. I'm almost wondering if it's Nate to get more blackmail, <laughs> to get more like pawns in his game to like record Cat because be. she takes her bra off, or and maybe it, it's Nate's doesn't. brother, and it's showing the side of like, yeah, the like other fucked up brother. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It could be anybody. I'm real. I that is one of my biggest things that I want to know is who that is yeah. because who is going to blackmail my sweet cat? <laughs> You know, Kat is the other character who has, like, a strong relationship with Jules. Mm-hmm. So Nate being the person isn't that far-fetched. Yeah. And Nate's sketchy but enough. But why <laughs> did McKay not make it into the final episode? Because that does really feel intentional to me. Part of me would be, like, oh, he just has no place in yeah. it. Like, where would he fit in? But then... I feel like that would be just really lazy storytelling to be like, oh, he doesn't fit in here. We're just not going to put him in. Yeah. That I feel like it has to be something more. Because even he could have gone to the clinic with Cassie and her mom and Lexi. Right. Maybe, like, he could have made an appearance after yeah. or something. Or could have cut to him during her. Yeah, of maybe he's, like, out partying with his friends and mm-hmm. then it cuts to her getting an abortion and you realize, like, how much of the burden is on a woman, woman yeah. in this situation that yeah. to not include him at all I would agree would is probably purposeful the but Sam why? knows where he is yeah Sam Levinson knows where he is we just don't isn't that crazy he holds all the answers he does <laughs> Sam if you're listening 
Come on down to the popcorn chats. I promise we won't tell anyone. Yeah, I'll sign an NDA. Oh, I 100% were, would. As long as we could at least discuss it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I don't know where McKay is going to be. It'll be interesting in season two where he fits in if he's there because his ties are kind of severed if him and Cassie don't get back together. I have another weird prediction that you might think is goofy. I'm ready. Um, I predict that Jules's character, Hunter Schaefer, is not going to be in the first half of the season. I actually like that, and I would, I would not be surprised. Yeah. I also wouldn't be that mad at that either. Because as much I as would I would be upset Jules, about it. But I think it would actually be kind of accurate of like picking up, especially depending on where they pick back up. If it's, um, I don't think it'll be immediately, but if it's at least like a couple months or maybe back in the summer, you know, if Jules is off living her life, like yeah. I think she should be, she is not fit for that town. Then so you think that it's going to pick up a couple months after Rue overdosing? I feel like yes, mostly and because it makes sense with a lot of my thoughts of where it's going, that it makes sense to pick up a couple months later. Okay. But I wouldn't be mad if it picked up right With where it left off. With her literally, like, waking up or being, like, taken on a stretcher somewhere. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't... I yeah. could see that happening. Yeah. But in my mind, as I'm picturing it right now, I think it's at least going to be, like, a couple months. Like, maybe the beginning of spring. One thing oh. that I always thought with Fez, I was like, they're going to kill him. Like, he's dead. Mouse sees this, mo- this yeah. blood on the money. Like, he's going to kill him. But then, the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, they're not. One, they can't kill Fez. Everyone loves Fez. No, like yeah. online people really enjoy him yeah. and enjoyed him on the show a lot that they can't kill him off. I think that now Mouse is going to have seen what Fez will do that now he's going to start like getting into even like shadier stuff yeah. and putting him at risk and him and Ashtray yeah. at risk and like then how do you even get out of that? Right. That I feel like that is going to be more his storyline in the next yeah. season is him going into like a darker place. Because right now you just see him being like, I'm chill, a light on drugs, yeah. rude, just the low key drug you. dealer. Yeah, I feel like he's going to have a darker turn. Yeah, it would be interesting if they opened with a Fez episode. I would love that. And then him finding out that Rue has relapsed. And then. That would be an interesting choice. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, whoever they open with. Yeah. I honestly think that out of everyone, it probably has the best shot of either being Fez or Gia. Right. Because it could be Gia coming back and finding Rue. Or if Rue's... If it's a couple months down the road and maybe Rue went back to rehab, it could be like Rue gets back from rehab and Gia's like, I don't want to talk to you. Because she could be like, I don't know, like you just keep on doing this to yourself, whatever, yeah. that it could be that, or it'll be Fez. I don't think it would yeah. open with Lexi. I don't think there was enough. No. She ended the season like a pretty solid place. Yeah. I'm so excited about Lexi, though. I would... I love her and Rue's friendship dynamic, but I have kind of, like, seen some little sprinkles, and I'm like, I wonder if maybe, like, Lexi's by. Or maybe she's gay. Yeah. If her and Rue would... Like, if Jules is gone, if it's a couple months down the road and, like, Jules is gone, if Rue and Lexi, maybe, are, like, starting a relationship yeah. and then Jules comes back and, like, messes yeah. all that up. Yeah, very interesting. I think I think it'd be 
cool to see them put off Hunter Schaefer coming back. Like, I don't even... If even she's for an gone, episode. I don't want to see her, like, doing other things. No. Like we did with that one episode. Episode When she's seven. in New York. Yeah. Yeah. That was episode seven, right? Yes. Um, When she's hallucinating in the crib. Yeah. I just... I... I like the idea of her coming in later when we, like, when they work in other things to the point where we're like, oh my god, Jules, we forgot about Jules, which is really hard to accomplish. Yeah. But... Especially when she was such a central part. Right. But I think it would make sense for her storyline. I don't think that's super far-fetched. Right. Cal could go to jail. I (laughs) hope so. Like, when Ruth read Nate and she was like, I'm gonna walk into the police station and tell them that Nate's daddy likes to bang little kids. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, oh. But then Nate has been gathering all this blackmail on people, so it's yeah. like there's a setup for Cal to stay out of jail. Yeah. Potentially. But also, Nate also hates his dad. There's got to be something with when Jules corroborates Tyler assaulting Maddie and that cop, when Jules is like, oh yeah, no, I saw this, and that cop is like, are you sure? Did someone coerce you into coming in and making the statement? Do you realize, like, the punishment for lying to police? And Jules is still like, no, it's true, it's true. That could really come back to bite Jules, too. Yeah. I feel like Jules could get in some real hot water <laughs> in season two. Yeah. Yeah, she she is in a bit of a sticky sitch. And that's yeah. why I think she should stay away for a bit. Yeah. Love you, Hunter Schaefer. Love you and Zendaya together. So good. I think Their people ship them insane. so hard. So, honestly, the writers might make the decision to be, like... Sam might be like let's just mm-hmm. have them you know get together but I just you know that's the thing I worry about with shows so much is like don't listen to the stupid people watching the show no. which like it's you know obviously none of you guys are stupid lie last all of you Ta-da. but that's what Pretty Little Liars did they just wanted fans to be happy at the end and I want what Sam Levinson wants yeah. with this like and he is the one who should be informing this story because he has experienced a lot of what these character characters yeah. have already experienced. And I really just hope that like the authenticity isn't compromised mm-hmm. because people want to see Rue and Jules together. Like I said, I really think for them to be in a healthy spot, it's going to take years, man. Yeah. And that requires them both like staying committed mm-hmm. and not letting like, for me, really, I do feel like it's an infatuation thing. It's not, Especially with Rue, like, she's just come out of rehab. She's she's looking for something to replace drugs. Mm-hmm. So and you see that unfair weight that Jules feels. 100%. Throughout yeah. the show. You see sprinklings of it. Of yeah. her realizing the weight that she yeah. has. O- or, like, the pull over Rue and her recovery. Which is why I don't... I love them together, but I hate them together. Yeah. Because they just are not good for each other. Right. But yet their chemistry on screen and like the two of them are so dynamic that it's so fun to watch yeah but also just from like a healthy relationship standpoint no (laughs) yeah i just i want it to be real yeah when they like are finally together and happy where we didn't talk about maddie at all where do you think maddie's gonna be maddie and nate oh actually oh no because cat we kind of talked about a bit so she she found that the DVD, but then she was kind of just like whatever about it, right? 
depending on the timing see that's we don't the know thing, when that happened is that yeah and also did cassie have the abortion before the dance or, or after. after the dance are we seeing that in the future the only reason i question that is because she does not drink right on the way to the dance and her mom comes up behind her when she's getting ready and she's like you just hold your head up high that i don't know i have questioned the entire last episode's timing i'm interested by so did maddie watch it before the dance i don't know because we have seen maddie fly off the handle but she it's so interesting the way she handles certain situations because the whole thing with her finding dick pics on Nate's phone, she held that in and she only told Cassie. And that's because she was on Molly. Like, she was not in her yeah frame of mind. She had told... Did she tell Kat, too, at the mall that one time? No, she was, like, hinting towards yeah. it. And then Kat was like, are you talking about Nate? She was like, no, just in general. Yeah. <laughs> so she held that information pretty tight and she was quick to use it against Nate when he was leaving her mm-hmm. and walking away and saying that he was done with her but then the whole like she was very reactive with the whole chili pot <laughs> but also she was on drugs that chili pot situation is arguably <laughs> the most intense chili pot situation on TV <laughs> up with Kevin <laughs> and his chili pot from the office Leave it your rivals, Kevin, from Leave the your comments below what chili pot fiasco was worth, <laughs> Kevin or Maddie. <laughs> oh, shoot. But, yeah, like, I don't know if would she go to the dance after watching that video, but we don't even know what the video is. It could literally be, like, a SpongeBob episode. It's definitely not, but... <laughs> <laughs> but so many questions. Yeah. I'm so excited. Any final thoughts um, on Euphoria? I don't know. HBO, I want to work for you. So, you they have reach out. I to am me. struggling to watch shows on other networks right now cuz HBO just does something special. They do. So many of my favorite shows are from HBO. Probably my top 3, Euphoria being one of them. Yeah. That there's just something more raw about them. Maybe it's because they have the freedom mm-hmm. to do more. Props on props to HBO and mm-hmm. to Sam Levinson, Zendaya, Hunter Schaefer, everybody involved. Literally, the, show. the entire cast is such incredible. a unique show that people need right now, in my opinion. Even characters that you don't necessarily care as much, or I shouldn't say that you that I don't care as much about, like McKay, just because I think we haven't seen as much about him and his story isn't something that I can that I like relate to as much right still though like his performance like when he's crying in the bathroom in that one scene oh my god yeah everyone is just so good also the fact that they have intimacy coordinators on set like their bases are so well covered Mm -hmm. it's just like thank you (laughs) thank you for the show euphoria yeah like it's it's really been something that has marked my year my 2019 agreed i think that is our i started watching it well no i started watching it for multiple reasons that we went over in the first uh episode but with it always following big little lies i was more like oh i'm sitting down for big little lies and i'm staying for euphoria yeah it overtook big little lies in my opinion i still absolutely love that show i thought season two was great but i mean this is just something it's different it's revolutionary Okay, people, 
Euphoria is a really tough topic, but I think mm-hmm. we just tackled it. Yeah. And when season two comes out, I think we'd like to do like episode by episode breakdown. Hell it didn't make yeah. sense to do that now because, because it's, it's been out for it's so been long. Out, yeah. But when it comes out, I think it will probably do episode by episode. We'll breakdown. do a breakdown of yeah. every episode when they as they come out so we can get into a lot because there's still so much that i feel like we didn't talk about yeah that we could it be exploring but yeah we could go on and on two episodes so. is enough for season one but season two there's gonna be a lot we'll dig into it yes so thank you guys for listening we hope you liked this two-part euphoria uh bit that we did lilas lilas <laughs> <laughs> bye. bye guys <laughs>